Morning. Uh, have you ever thought, um, if things were only easier, have you ever thought that? If you're online, uh, you can go ahead and type that in the comments, you know, go ahead and throw some of the things that you've thought. Um, but, you know, we've all probably thought, said, or, or more emphatically exclaimed in some uh, form that if things were only easier, which is interesting if you think about it in the context of history, because we probably live in the easiest generation that's ever had it as far as technology and advancements go, right? Um, but we say things like this, if it were only easier to eat healthy. Because, I mean, you think about it, the be- foods that taste the best are often the worst for you, generally speaking. Not always, right? But, uh, or the foods that aren't good for you are cheaper or more accessible. Um, or how about, maybe you said something like this, it, if only having a healthy married, marriage was easier, right? Why are you clearing your throat? <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> My bad. But it takes work and it takes patience and humility. Woo. All right. Uh, or maybe you said this. All right. Uh, if only it were easier to be kind. <clears throat> to my brother or my sister. All right, kids. Uh, it ends up it's easier sometimes to not be kind, right? Uh, or uh, one last one, if, it were, if only it were easier to live like Jesus. But oftentimes that's not the easiest way, right? Or not the most natural way. It's easier to live uh, uh, my way, uh, you know, the Aaron way. But, uh, you know, we could go on and on with different, different scenarios, and, but it boils down to this. So many things that are good and right and healthy and ultimately things that we long for deep down, they're a struggle. It's not the easiest way, and, and we have this, this battle, kind of the struggle, and we know struggles, don't we? Like, like, if you could change anything about yourself, all right, just by the snap of your finger, you would probably change a few things, right? I mean, if you're just being honest, or I mean, a few of us are probably like, no, I am just, I'm good. I'm the whole package, you know? But, but if, if there was some magic genie, you could snap your finger, you know, it might be something about your physical appearance, it might be something about your health, uh, maybe some talents that you wish you had that you don't have, or some temptations, things you struggle with you wish you didn't struggle with. It could be struggles, emotional, physical, uh, spiritual, relational, emotional, and, and yet we have so many weaknesses that if we could just change some of them, we would, right? But unfortunately, we don't have that power. And we don't have a magic genie, you know, we can't just rub a lamp, as fun as that may sound. But so, so today we're in this series, uh, we're continuing the series, we're in this season and the series of wrestling with God. And this wrestle, this, this concept of wrestling, it's, it's, it's a thing that we use, it's a phrase we use a lot in our culture, it's like, man, I'm really wrestling with this. It means there's a struggle. It means there's this back and forth. It means there's some, some issue and it needs resolving. And so many people uh, of us have wrestled with God in the past, or, or maybe you're wrestling with God today. And that's okay. That's all I want you to know. Because we see in the scriptures a long line of faithful people before us who openly and honestly wrestled with God too. And here's the cool thing. Even though some of these stories happened 2,000 or over 3,000 years ago that we've been looking at, it's over a lot of the same issues that we wrestle with today. 
And so uh, I want to kind of unleash us to, to have the permission to maybe go there with God and to wrestle with him. And so today we're going to look at a, another guy named Paul. And this is the Apostle Paul, the, the same guy who wrote most of the letters that make up our New Testament. Uh, Paul, also known as Saul, here's a little bit of a story. He was a good Jew, okay? Like he was the Jew among Jews. He, he was climbing the ladder of success in, in, in the religion. And he, in his early days, he, as Christianity was kind of rising and uh, was spreading the early church, um, Paul was the guy... Uh, who, who saw that as a threat and aberration from Judaism. So he was there to um, just, just to put that out. He was there to, to, to basically kill the church off, to persecute and to put a blanket over this fire so it wouldn't spread any further. And, um, and so he, he was persecuting them until he had this Jesus experience, the risen Jesus. He, um, he had an experience with him. And, and that's not even the wrestling that we're talking about today, though that would be another good one, right? But this experience for Paul um, was life-altering. It was life-changing, and, and Paul puts his trust in Jesus. He's baptized in his name, and, and then he commits his life to uh, preaching this good news, this message about Jesus all over the known world. And so in 2 Corinthians 11, he, Paul gives some examples of some kinds of things that he went through, and, <clears throat> and it, it's a long list, I mean, of, of just so he could preach this message about Jesus. He was flogged, okay, so he was beaten. He was beaten with rods. He was stoned. The reason people are stoned, not talking about like 420 stoned, but like rocks, big rocks, you know, so they're, they're like trying to kill him, you know, um, <clears throat> and uh, he was shipwrecked. Three times he was stuck out in open sea for uh, the time. He, he was constantly on the move. He was constantly in the danger from his countrymen, from foreigners, uh, from locals. And he, he was, he, he's known things like hunger. He's known thirst. And he's been with and he's been without. And so Paul, this spiritual giant, goes down as one of the most influential people ever. He wrestled with weakness. And yet... We, we could probably come with a, up with a long list ourselves, couldn't we? But this is Paul. I mean, he, he's a spiritual giant, right? This church leader, author of a lot of our New Testament, a church planner, a guy that literally laid his life down for the cause of Jesus. So how did this same guy wrestle with weakness? So today we're going to be in 2 Corinthians 12, if you have the scripture. If not, the scriptures will be on the screen. Um, but we're jumping into a middle of a, the middle of an argument that the Apostle Paul is making. And apparently, there had been some people who had infiltrated the church in Corinth, and they were trying to like undercut Paul and his ministry, and they're trying to, trying to say things like, he wasn't a legit apostle, because he wasn't one of the ones with Jesus, though he did have this Jesus experience, the risen Jesus appeared to him. Um, and so they were, um, so Paul here is defending himself against these accusations that these so-called uh, super apostles um, uh, were making against him. And they were working dis to discredit Paul and therefore to suit their own agendas um, so they could feel better about themselves, so they can have some superiority and, and having more control in the church. And so Paul is laying out how, whoa, whoa, he's like, I could boast. If we want to boast about what we had to boast about, I could boast with the best of them, homie. And he writes, <laughs> but he writes this in first, uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 6. He says, even if I should choose to boast, I would not be a fool because I would be speaking the truth. So he's like, look, I got things to boast about. He, and he, he shares a few of them earlier. He says, but I refrain 
So no one will think more of me than is warranted by what I say or do because of these surpassingly great revelations. Therefore, in order to keep me from being, uh, becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in the flesh, uh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And so Paul is saying, well, I got plenty to boast about. Like his haters who are working to discredit, uh, discredit him were boasting in themselves. Their whole purpose was to try to lift themselves up. And Paul's like, if we want to play that game, I can lift myself up higher than you can. But Paul's like, uh, I refrain. I could go there, but I want you to go on uh, by what you see from me and what you hear from me. Uh, and he says, therefore, in order to keep me from boasting uh, or becoming conceited, I was giving a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now, you've probably heard, we use that phrase in, in our, um, uh, our culture today, man, a thorn in my flesh, and it's some symbolic of some pain, struggle, weakness, person, right? Um, and so, uh, what is this thorn in the flesh that Paul's talking about? The, the short answer is we don't know, okay? But here's what some people think they, it could be, that it could be a physical um, issue, oh, physical weakness that Paul had. Things like maybe a migraines, you know, some of you guys suffer from migraines, and, and it's debilitating. Maybe it was eye problem, he had weak eyes, or uh, a the great preacher Paul, uh, maybe he dealt with a speech impediment or malaria. Some think it could be spiritual or temptations that he was just dealing with struggles. We know that, right? And so Paul certainly would have been, had experienced temptations as well. Or maybe it was emotional, you know, maybe he had some uh, emotional problems or, or re, some think it was relational, like the thorn in his flesh was his opponents. Basically, thorn in the flesh translates to pain in my butt. But either people inside the church, outside the church, and, but Paul was dealing with this crowd that, was, that he was struggling with. So I don't think we can know for certain what this thorn in the flesh was, okay? But, but I personally think it was something physical that he was dealing with, some kind of physical issue. Um, what we do know is this. Paul was wrestling with it. That Paul, the apostle, the, Paul, the, the guy, he was wrestling with this thorn. Now, there's this sort of paradox going on, okay? These things that kind of seemingly conflict with one another, that Paul has this thorn, whatever it is, and it's something he wished he didn't have, and he prayed against it. But the paradox is this, that it was given by God and that it was used by Satan. And so we know that, you know, Satan, Satan is active, and we have to be reminded of that, don't we? And his goal is to pull you away from his kingdom. He's going to use anything and everything that he can to pull you away from the kingdom of God, from God's rule and God's will for your life. And we have to remember that. Anything that's going wrong that you struggle or wrestle with, Satan's going to try to use that to pull you away from him. Now, when some people have a thorn in the flesh, you know what? You see this all the time, and you may have experienced this, that it, it shakes people. Sometimes people's faith is shaken and pulls them away uh, from their faith. But whatever Paul is going through, whatever it is, whatever he's wrestling with, uh, Paul still has this vision of, of God sitting on the throne, and he finds good in this thorn in his flesh. He says, it keeps me humble. It keeps me grounded. And I, I see he sees it as, as um, God-given, and so he ultimately uses it for God's glory. But it doesn't keep Paul from wrestling. And this is what I love. It's just a real short glimpse, okay? But here's, you ready for the wrestle match? Here it goes. It's just in one verse. 2 Corinthians 12, 8. He says, 
Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And so Paul says, look, I took this, this issue, this my weakness, this thorn in the flesh. I took it to God. I pleaded with him three times. It wasn't like, God, take this away. God, take this away. God, take this away. No, the, the language is like, man, he was begging God. We're talking about three different occasions or events or even three different seasons where Paul was like uh, coming to God, laying it all out before him, uh, before God, begging him to please take this weakness, please take this thorn away from me. And that's what Paul does. Uh, Paul does what we should do when, when something afflicts us too. And so instead of growing bitter or angry or fearful or timid or paranoid or, or subconscious about our weaknesses, we should pray. In fact, we can plead. And that sounds a whole lot like wrestling, doesn't it? Well, he pleads with God to take it away, and you can sense this anguish. Uh, he prays specifically for the Lord to take the thorn away. And, and, and just because we pray, though, doesn't mean that he's going to take it away, right? Just because we pray doesn't mean we always get the answer that we want. No. In fact, Paul received a response, and it wasn't the response that he wanted. Was it verbal? We don't know if he heard it or if he felt it in the spirit. Um, but was it the response he wanted? No. But either way, he was confident in the response he got. What was the response? God says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. So when we are going through something that's, that's, that is not the answer that we want, is it? <laughs> it's not the answer we want for our prayers and for our wrestling. Like when we're weak, we have to depend on God, right? But guess what? We get to see that God is truly strong when we're weak. Like Paul's weakness was ultimately an opportunity for him um, to allow Jesus to work. And, and that's what we need. Like we, most of us want to be used by God, right? Most of us want to be uh, used in our life to count for something. We want um, uh, success, but we really have this deeper longing for significance to do something meaningful with our lives. And, and we want to be used by God, uh, but we also at the same time wish things would be easier for us. But, and that's what Paul wanted, but what he got, uh, he got the hint. So he stopped praying and pleading, and eventually he submitted and he accepted the answer and uh, to something to the tune of, God, do your thing. Okay? Now, this is important. But Paul could have let his thorn define him. Instead, he let Jesus define him. And I could just think in my life and how many times I talk with people and they allow the thing, their weaknesses be the thing that they, that they lean on that they use as a crutch in their life or for their, their, their issues or for their struggles or for where they are in life or for um, maybe their lack of feeling significant. 
But Paul could have let a storm define him, but instead he lets Jesus. And maybe that's something we need to hear is that we need to, we need to stop letting our weaknesses define us. And we need to step into our identity of who God has made us and what Jesus has done for us. And Paul says, therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that, the power of, uh, uh, the, that Christ's power may rest on me. And so Christ's power for Paul, it was so much better than Paul getting rid of his thorn. You hear that? That Christ's power for Paul is even better than him having his prayers answered the way he wanted them. And so he says in verse 10, that is why for Christ's sake I delight in my weakness and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know what's easy to do? It's, it's easy to minimize other people's weaknesses, isn't it? When it's someone else, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just this issue. It's a small struggle or it's this physical or this health issue. Or, and we tend to minimize it when it's someone else. But when it's us, man, it's the real deal, <laughs> right? And we tend to do that. And so today, as we look inward, not outward, uh, I want to challenge us with two questions, okay? And um, two questions that hopefully help us as we wrestle. The first one is this. What weakness have you been wrestling with? Maybe, man, that you hung up the wrestling matches years ago, and you started just covering it with layers of uh, insecurity or just stuff in your life so you, you can uh, forget about them. But what weaknesses have you been wrestling with? What is the thing in your life that if you could just snap your fingers and instantly get rid of it, that you would do? Like, uh, you, you, would, you would just get rid of it. So I want to challenge you to, like, let it out. Don't hide it. Don't suppress it. Don't cover it up anymore with bad choices. Take it to God openly and honestly. And you're invited to wrestle with him. Like, do what Paul did. Plead. Like, take it to God. Plead with him. Wrestle over it. And then be prepared for an answer. Because God answers prayers. And now, there's times he answers them yes. And there's, yes, there's times he answers them No. Maybe God will change your situation. Maybe he'll remove your thorn. Maybe he'll take away your weakness or your struggles. But maybe, just maybe he won't. Maybe it's encouraging you to hear, uh, maybe it's encouraging for you to hear that you're not alone in your weakness. That you're surrounded by folks here who have their thorns, their weaknesses, their struggles. That uh, online you're not alone. And, and that Paul uh, was not alone. That we all have these thorns in our flesh. That's why we say this phrase over and over at, around Christ Fellowship, no perfect people allowed. It's not a permission just to go act like a fool, right? No, it's, it's a statement. It's a declaration that, yeah, we want to grow and, and be transformed daily in the likeness of Jesus, but we also want to be honest in who we are and, our, our, and the brokenness that we experience. So you're not alone. Even Paul, the great man of faith, was wrest, uh, wrestled with the storm. So identify it. Take, take it to God. Wrestle, uh, wrestle over it, and then be prepared for an answer. That's the first question. And the second question is this. <clears throat> How can you allow God to work through your weakness? How can you allow God to work through your weakness? Can I confess something? I'm okay with God working through my strengths, but I'm a little more scared to allow God to work through my weaknesses. Like, truthfully, we, that's probably most of us, right? We want God to work through the best of us through, for God's glory. 
but it's much more uncomfortable to allow God to work in our weakness. But it can be so much, much, much more powerful when God works through our weakness. What was God's response to Paul? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And, And here's why God may be okay with your weakness, because it's an opportunity to highlight who God is. His grace we get to see his power. So God gets to show off a little bit when he's kind of going through those people who are, who are struggling. Broken people have to constantly rely on God. You can't just fake it or can't get through on the motions, can't get through by sheer talent or, or energy or strength. They, they can't get by on looks or friends or money or physical health, right? And while we may want God to work through our strengths, and he does, God, the scripture tells us God gifts us, the Holy Spirit gifts us for service, okay? But God will also work through our weakness in powerful ways. That's why people with disabilities, certain struggles, people who have something in their past they wish they could take away, maybe your family line, maybe health issues, maybe a diagnosis, God can work through those in incredible ways. His power made clear through your weakness. His grace is sufficient, it's enough, and God's power is showcased. And inside of the church, just allow God to showcase his strength through your weakness. I want to close with this. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 12.10, Paul says, This is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Today, I want to invite you guys to just spend a a moment of time in prayer. Maybe this is the beginning of a wrestling match for you with God. Like, go to God in prayer, and and we're going to go into the Lord's Supper in just a minute, and you can use this time to wrestle with God. And some of you know exactly what weakness is. It's a thorn, and you feel it every day. You have prayed for it, over it. Uh, Some of you have covered them up years or decades ago, and you may have to unbury it a little bit to take it to God. Uh, But wrestle And here's what I want to open up to you today. If you want someone to pray with you during this time, during time of communion, you can just go out to the lobby and and we'll be out there. We'd love to pray with you. And if you're online and you want someone to pray for you, you can go to cfsforlovers.info and there's a prayer card there. Just fill it out. We would love to pray for our people. Okay? So take it to God. Wrestle. All this conversation points us to the cross of Jesus, you know? And that's where we're going right now. We're going to celebrate the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus through this meal that we call the Lord's Supper. And so if you have the communion packets here, um, you go ahead and get those prepared. If you're online, if you have uh, crackers and juice or or bread and juice, um, you can get those ready if you want to join in this meal with us. But all this points toward Jesus. Like If Jesus did die, if Jesus did rise from the dead, and and if he calls us to himself, then um, all this thorn talk, all this weakness talk, all this wrestling talk, um, we have hope through that all. And we have purpose through it all. So I want to close with Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. He says, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith, for, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so Jesus, Jesus conquered it all. He conquered your weakness, your struggles, your sin, all the things, all the thorns 
all your guilt, all your shame, your past. Jesus took it to the cross. Let's go to him in prayer.